Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rainmaker Incorporated. Hello and welcome to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and boy, do we have a great show for you on uh, May 19th, 2023. Uh, in this part of the country, we've been lucky enough to have what I would call Chamber of Commerce type uh, weather uh, this week with uh, the sun shining, some light showers, etc. And the markets uh, are looking to break a two-week losing streak. And things have been led by the tech-heavy NASDAQ and one of the bellwether stocks, the NASDAQ, uh, old uncle NVIDIA was up about 15 bucks yesterday, um, muscling well above the $300 uh, per share threshold. And stocks in general uh, were in the green across the board as I think more and more people are hopeful that a debt ceiling default, um, you know, uh, miss does not happen. Now, the... Uh, the item that hasn't fared well this week has been gold. Gold's having its worst run since February. Uh, it went out around the 1957 an ounce mark uh, yesterday, down a full percent and a quarter. Uh, so we're about $100 off the recent high put in by gold uh, not that long ago. West Texas uh, Intermediate Crude uh, went out just under $72 a barrel. Uh, in the high 7190s. Some of our favorite commodities here, such as lumber, which we've been tracking since the pandemic, um, lumber's continued to see, you know, a a pretty good decline across the board. And um, this week is uh, no exception to that, as lumber has uh, stayed, uh, you know, pretty pretty, uh, consistent live cattle, uh, speaking of consistency, right around uh, 165 per 100 pounds. And elsewhere in the commodity complex, um, we've seen prices continue to uh, basically moderate from where we are. Nothing too exciting uh, that's jumped out this, this week. Uh, and really, I'd say uh, gold's been the main story. Something that we'll start paying a little bit more attention to is old Dr. Copper. Uh, copper... Um, should prove constructive. Uh, we're about 369 right now, which, uh, you know, that's right in the mid midpoint of its chart. As uh, that may be a good canary in the coal mine, whether or not we look towards a global or U.S. recession versus uh, an expansion in the global economy. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. We'll talk more default news. We'll talk. Uh, More financial planning items for you, and a focus on the energy sector is coming up next. Keep listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management, right here on this station. We will return after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? 
When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the Investment Spotlight section of our show where we take a deeper dive in uh, specific sectors or stocks. As always, there is no uh, solicitation to buy or sell any uh, stocks, just uh, general information that you might use as a good takeaway um, from the show. So today we're going to take a deeper dive courtesy of Ameriprise's IRG Investment Group uh, and look at what we could say the first quarter 2023 energy earnings uh, led us to believe. And, and definitely a lot of uh, investment houses um, do follow energy as it's a huge part of the economy. And um, you know, midweek, just to put things in perspective, uh, benchmark uh, West Texas Intermediate oil price was around $71 uh, a barrel. Um, and that's, um, you know, down about 11% uh, from January 1st. Now, also, a lot of people do remain constructive on the commodity due to potentially strengthening Chinese oil demand in the second half of 2023 plus sluggish supply growth due to an underinvestment in finding new oil reserves since 2014. Uh, so that, you know, we're going on a decade where the uh, search for black gold, as Jed Clampett would say, or Texas tea, uh, you know, may be putting us in an area where uh, there is less and less or tighter supply. So, uh, you know, of course, a U.S. and or a global recession could uh, send oil prices lower, but that's kind of where we are uh, as of uh, May, you know, 19th, 2023. Now, during the earnings season, uh, the most positive commentary came from the oil field services sector, especially from companies with leverage to the offshore and international markets. There was a consistent message of rising demand and strengthening backlogs. Specifically, there was a lot of positive commentary regarding the offshore market, with oil prices trading consistently above $70 a barrel for more than a year. Uh, there's a belief that oil companies are increasingly confident in pursuing large-scale offshore drilling projects, which often involve large capital spending commitments. Several companies in the offshore sector expect significant order and backlog growth over the next few years. Note that the oil industry has underinvested in finding new oil and gas reserves, as I said, uh, since 2014, uh, and that could be an important catalyst for this increased offshore 
uh, drilling for the next year to two years. Um, you know, also if you look at E&P companies, uh, that's exploration and production, uh, those returns could remain attractive. And the first quarter results of this year were mostly in line to better than expected. Cash flow generation and variable dividends were mostly down quarter over quarter and year over year, primarily due to lower oil and natural gas prices and higher oil field services cost. Nonetheless, dividend yields remain attractive uh, as most in most analysts view with annualized second quarter uh, 2023 fixed plus variable dividend yields uh, around 6% for some companies. Many ENPs have adopted fixed plus variable dividend structures in the last two years which I believe makes the sector significantly more attractive for investors. Historically, uh, exploration and production companies spent as much as 120% of cash flow to fund drilling. That's uh, you know, the reason why it's more than 100 is you had some debt in there and with little regard for shareholder returns. Typically, the highest spending occurred in times of high commodity prices and elevated oil field service costs, resulting in low returns on capital through the cycle. Also, these companies were historically focused on production growth rather than shareholder returns, resulting in high U.S. oil production that in some cases oversupplied the global oil markets and drove down prices. The change in EMP management philosophy has been significant in the last one to two years. Many exploration and production companies are paying out 50% to 70% of their free cash flow in variable dividends while growing production minimally. Investors are still getting comfortable with these new structures, and in my view, uh, there's a belief that the sector is now significantly more attractive to investors and could result in a multiple expansion over the next 12 months. Uh, finally, if oil prices do strengthen over the next 6 to 12 months, cash flow and variable dividends should rise, providing additional catalysts for the sector. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on this station, and we'll be back with our financial planning segment in 60 seconds. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the financial planning segment of our show where we're going to take a deeper dive uh, with your financial planning topics. Today, we're going to explore what might happen at the end of 2025 with income taxes and where we might be back to uh, just in a few short years. So in case you're wondering, the the tax cuts that went into effect, I think, in 2018, uh, if nothing happens in Washington and no one can, can agree on anything, are set to automatically expire 
at the end of 2025. Now, the reason why we're exploring this topic is the fact that the expiration of these tax cuts may be uh, more of a, uh, I don't want to say certainty, but may have a higher uh, probability of happening because it doesn't appear anything can get done and no agreements can be reached in the U.S. Congress. Specifically speaking, I think, uh, you know, some people may claim the keystone of what Trump has done as, was, as president was uh, this tax cut program. And uh, most notably, it did reduce um, some of the tax brackets. Uh, it reduced the number of tax brackets. It put in... Um, you know, reductions on what people could use as itemized deductions. And just from a cursory look, if we did, in fact, go back to the way it used to be, obviously there would probably be some winners. And anytime there's winners, that means there has to be losers. Uh, because this radio show is not um, T-ball league where everybody gets a trophy. In economics, anytime there is a lo loser, there's a winner. And anytime there's a winner... Uh, there is a loser, and as Milton Freeman famously said, there is no such thing as a free lunch. But a couple of the things that would jump out is is currently, if you have children under the age of uh, 17, you get a pretty healthy tax credit. I would say uh, potential winners would be you know, households that have kids that are still qualifying as dependents, but over the age of uh, 16 in that if you remember we used to all uh, every person had an exemption um, of a you know somewhere 2800 to 4000 dollars that was a personal exemption and if you have a lot of kids 17 to say 24 in college that you can uh, legitimately qualify as a dependent you would get a dependency exemption for them along with yourself and if you're married your spouse, uh, whereas there is no such thing as dependency exemption anymore. If you're a high income earner or own a lot of properties, uh, to go along with this scenario, uh, you would also be able to deduct, again, your full amount of your state and local taxes, sometimes uh, referred to as the SALT deduction. S-A-L-T, state and local taxes. So, for example, if you're uh, in Kentucky and let's say you make half a million dollars a year, you have a big house uh, on a beautiful avenue uh, in a town with lots of dogwoods and azaleas, and let's say your income tax from the state of Kentucky is about $25,000. Uh, let's say your community that you live uh, on the beautiful avenue has a punitive um, net profit or uh, payroll tax of another couple percent, that's, that's another uh, $10,000. Uh, and let's say your property taxes on your beautiful home and cars are another $10,000. So in that scenario, that's about $45,000 in state and local taxes that you pay that currently you're only able to itemize $10,000. So, so right off the bat, your uh, itemized deductions would increase by about $35,000 in that scenario. Now, here's the dark side of returning uh, to the uh, 
tax cuts. Uh, back in the old days, the highest marginal tax rate was 39.6%, and today it is uh, 37. But if you're listening to the program and you say, Drew, I'm not a big money man or big money woman, uh, this may not hurt me. Well, if you can remember, um, currently we have a 10% tax bracket on the lowest amount of money made, then 12, um, and then 22, and then 24. Back in the old days, uh, we had a 15% bracket, and let's say that took the place of the 12%. You may think, well, that's not bad. That's just 3%, but essentially that's a 25% increase um, in what you'd have to pay on that marginal dollar in that tax bracket. But uh, more importantly, uh, you jump right up to 28%. And from going from 15 to 28 is almost a 100% increase in liability. And uh, I think when these tax cuts went into effect and people uh, discussed that this is really going to help the middle class, you know, what could be read into that is, you know, by reducing that 28% bracket uh, and 15% bracket to 24, 22, and 12, that's where there's been a lot of tax savings generated. Now, taxes, kind of like real estate, are all local, meaning that it all depends on your specific situation. So to decide whether or not you would be a net winner, a net loser, or perhaps break even, you know, it's going to take an analysis of your specific situation to know where you stand. But generally speaking, uh, if you know, you're kind of a retiree and your house is paid off, you don't have much state and local taxes and you are not itemizing anyway, chances are you'll probably could be paying more potentially if we go back to the way taxes were. A couple of things that haven't been discussed because really um, they're important but are often overlooked by politicians and um, most uh, news people. One the taxability of Social Security never changed. So uh, Reagan, I think back in 82, uh, was the first person to put in and make uh, taxes uh, apply to a certain percentage of Social Security benefits. Um, And the figures that they used back in 82, guess what? Here's a shocker, are still the figures in play today. So there's been no inflation adjustments. Now, even if you had a... 2% 2% inflation rate, straight line from 1982 to 2022, that's 40 years, um, those brackets should have doubled and then some, but they have stayed steadfast. So this is how I think in my mind the government can uh, get more in its coffers is they use little-known uh, tax law to basically impugn most people that have uh, planned for retirement. So that's that's number one. That has never changed, and that wouldn't change if we went back to the way taxes were. The other thing that hasn't been discussed much is there didn't used to be an ACA subsidy, or what they call now the net investment income tax, of 3.8%. So if you're a single person, once you're over 200000 you have to pay that in addition to your top rate. If you're married, filing jointly, uh, anything over the quarter of a million mark, that, that comes in. So if, 
in that $500,000 married filing joint example, um, currently that rate is the 37 plus the 3.8, which is 40.8, which is higher than the 39.6. So even though our tax situation may may change, so to speak, uh, what we don't know is what exactly uh, will transpire with some of those very important but unmentioned parts of the tax code. And my experience you know, doing this for 30 years is it's what's unmentioned and important that usually comes back and bites you on the rear end. You're listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. We'll be back in 60 seconds after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the email bag segment of the show where we answer your questions with regards to financial matters. As a reminder, you can always email me at william.a.watson at ampf.com and we will get to your questions. Uh, this week, the questions have come in regarding what happens if the U.S. Uh, defaults on its debt and can't pay its bills. Well, um, this has been a, a point of contention, unfortunately, across many years here in the last uh, decade, decade and a half, as our politicians, you know, uh, don't focus on real issues, in my opinion, uh, and uh, kind of try to I guess, satisfy the electorate with uh, bells and whistles instead of uh, looking at a long-term uh, way to uh, govern the country. But be that as it may, the U.S. does have a pretty hard and fast, uh, you know, firm set of, uh, I would say, flow of front funds responsibilities. And first and foremost, interest on the debt gets paid, then government benefits. So, uh I know we've had a lot of questions regarding whether or not Social Security payments will be stopped, uh, people on disability not getting checks, et cetera. But generally, that is uh, just behind the pole position uh, payment operator of uh, interest on the debt. Now, with that said, 
the people at the tail end of the dog on collecting money from the federal government, um, you know, kind of last would be vendors to the federal government. So, I mean, if you're operating a uh, business where you're a vendor at one of the Army bases or government building, um, you know, any type of government facility, you would probably be um, on the hind teat, as they used to say in uh, farming language, on getting any money out of the government. But as we saw when the U.S. government debt was downgraded uh, several years ago from AAA rated to uh, AA, I think that was by Moody's or S&P, really after kind of the headlines had passed, uh, there wasn't much uh, of an impact on U.S. government debt. The market essentially still sees it as a global risk-free asset. Uh, As a a guy I used to know, I always said, uh, today's headlines, it's tomorrow's kitty litter. But generally, there was a lot of uh, hubbub about that. But at the end of the day, there really wasn't much of anything that went on uh, with regards to um, meaningful or material deterioration in the quality of U.S. Treasuries. Uh, with that said, you know, if, if the U.S. were to go into an outright default, uh, which is a kind of low probability but high impact scenario where for whatever reason they refuse to pay their creditors, um, you know, there would be at least temporarily some uh, outcomes that I don't think any financial uh, forecaster could kind of forthrightly um, totally understand. Uh, Because typically when countries do that, the borrowing cost that they must uh, incur go up uh, rather dramatically. So some of these, uh, I think most recently, call them uh, Latin American countries and or Eastern European countries that have potentially defaulted, have seen their borrowing costs triple overnight. Now, uh, that's not a permanent condition, but it does, uh, you know, bring things into, uh, you know, what I would say, stark contrast. So, If you kind of bear with me in a worst-case scenario, if the U.S. defaulted, and there again, this is a worst case, not saying this is even what I think would happen, is you could see borrowing costs potentially in the U.S. go up. Now, that would, perversely enough, send more investors in to buy U.S.-denominated government bills because at the end of the day... uh, even after the U.S. was downgraded, the world investment community still saw it as a the safest uh, place to invest. Or, and a long-time investment analogy is it was the cleanest, dirty shirt in the laundry basket. And with a mass entry of buyers of U.S. debt, rates would turn around and go lower. Now, the other thing that would happen if our rates were to uh, go up exponentially, the U.S. dollar would strengthen um, almost overnight against most major currencies. So, for example, uh, against the eurozone or the British pound, 
where um, you know the dollar is a little bit weaker now. So what that means is if you fly into London and give them a hundred dollar bill, you get back less than a hundred pounds. Uh, if you fly into Paris and give them a hundred dollar bill, they give you back less than a hundred euros. Um, if rates were to go up uh, and were to strengthen like they did last year, uh, you know, temporarily at least, if not longer, exchange rates would see a huge change where when you flew into London and gave them $100 U.S. dollars, you would get back more than 100 British pounds. Or when you flew into Paris or somewhere on the continent that's in the Eurozone, you would give them a $100 bill and get back more than 100 euros. You know, that is the uh, extent of how we could see a default playing out uh, with some unintended consequences. Now, there's no doubt there would be casualties and collateral damage across the financial landscape that no one could accurately predict with exact certitude how that would take place. But certainly, we could see a number of uh, potential opportunities. But keep in mind that if U.S. rates were to skyrocket, more than likely you would see a number of investors pile into U.S. bonds uh, to take advantage of that opportunity as they would surely see it. Although being temporary, but um, it would be an opportunity nonetheless for them to make money that they would think in a fairly riskless asset. Um, so that's, you know, that's what would potentially happen. Now, would there be panic and would there be kind of crazy things happen? More than likely, yes. And I would say, you know, a thing to keep an eye on more than anything uh, in this situation, uh, so let's go back to what's been the disaster of this year has been the banking um, problem. If interest rates were to go up that much, the value of the bonds on the bank's balance sheets, U.S. government bonds, would go down even more than what they did to create the problems at Silicon Valley Bank and New York Community Bank and, um, you know, uh, all these banks that have, have had problems, and that would more than likely as a kind of, I think, follow-along problem, it could create um, definitely a potential banking crisis here in the U.S. Um, that uh, a lot of people hope are hoping has been... Uh, you know, is under control or has been slightly averted. There again, that, that is probably a secondary effect or a knock-on effect, as they say in economics, of what could happen as a result of a default is you have some more banks. This that program would, uh, has been paid for by Rainmaker Incorporated. This is WOMI Owensboro, 99.1. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.